Natural physics is a concept I developed that explains in down-to-earth scenarios how the principles of physics could have come about from observing nature. Each episode begins with a scenario followed by an example to illustrate the application of these principles in futuristic research at the frontiers of science, such as my astrophysics research, and then concludes with an exploration of how these same principles could have very well been used by ancient cultures and civilizations. Mathematics is naturally encountered and incorporated as the exciting and fun tool of science that it is. Science is the window into our amazing world of nature and mathematics is the tool to open that window. Natural physics encompasses current, futuristic and ancient physics and ties them together by the principles of physics that are common threads running throughout each. Imagine, it's 37,000 years ago. A Cro-Magnon or Neanderthal is out in the middle of a savanna. 400 yards distant looms a saber-toothed tiger. 50 yards in the other direction stands a tree. As our primeval ancestor instinctively compares the distance between himself, the saber-toothed tiger, and the tree, and the time that he thinks it'll take for that tiger to get to him, as opposed to him getting to that tree, he's doing a rate comparison of distance with respect to time. Velocity. He's doing physics, but not from but a blackboard or out of a textbook. He's doing physics by observing the world around him to survive. He's doing logic. He's doing He's natural fishing birds. That's right. There's birds. There's something dead there. That's Maybe I can get some bones. I can get some marrow. That's Our primeval ancestor instinctively calculated the velocity of the saber-toothed tiger on an everyday scale of meters per second. The Fermi Gamma Ray Space Telescope uses advanced computers to calculate the velocity of cosmic rays on a relativistic scale of thousands of kilometers per second. And the ancient Sumerians calculated the velocity of Nibiru on a planetary scale of tens of kilometers per second. Whether here in the present, in the far future, or the distant past, Natural physics surrounds us, as does our amazing world of nature. We don't want our story to end so quickly. And also, if our primeval ancestor does not make it to that tree, then we won't be around. So he makes it to the tree and is able to climb it before the saber-toothed tiger can get to him. He did natural physics and having instinctively determined that the velocity with which he could run to the tree would be enough to get him there before the saber-toothed tiger could get to him with the velocity that it would be running at. As he sits at the top of the life-saving tree, watching the tiger as it paces back and forth around the bottom of the tree, looking hungrily up at him, he begins to ponder. What first comes to his mind is that he wonders what would have happened if he would not have been able to make it to the tree. 
He wonders if he would have been able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the tiger and fight it off barehanded. He thinks about how big he is compared to the saber-tooth, and he thinks about how strong he is compared to it. He is again instinctively doing a rate comparison, a pound-for-pound -pound comparison of his muscle mass compared to the tiger's muscle mass. He observes that both he and the saber-tooth have about the same size. They take up about the same amount of space or volume. However, he also observes that the saber-tooth's muscle mass is much greater than his. He instinctively and correctly concludes that the tiger's density, which is the tiger's mass with respect to its size, is greater than his density. Again, he has done natural physics to survive, natural physics that helped him determine that it would not be wise to try to take on the saber-tooth tiger single-handedly and without any weapons or fire. Just when he thinks things couldn't get any worse as he perches trapped high up in the tree, clouds begin to gather overhead and there's the rumble of thunder in the distance. All of a sudden there's a flash of lightning. Our ancestor is instinctively afraid of lightning, maybe even more so than he is of the saber tooth. As he looks down again at the circling tiger, much to his surprise, he discovers that it is gone. And then he thinks about what is it that Lightning has that he doesn't, which scared the saber tooth away. As he jumps out of the tree and runs for home, he begins to think. Lightning is bright. He knows that the brightness of fire keeps the saber tooths at bay. He also instinctively realizes that he himself does not give off such brightness. He then knows that he doesn't have this property that lightning has, which is luminosity, the ability to shine, to give off light. Next he thinks about how he has seen lightning strike trees and create fire. Fire has heat. He does not understand what temperature is. But he knows that fire burns and that saber-tooths are also afraid of it. He realizes that he does not have this property of fires either, which is the ability to give off enough heat to burn. Next he thinks about how he has seen lightning strike and kill animals instantly. He does not understand what electrical current is, but once again he realizes that here is another property of lightnings that he doesn't have, which is the ability to kill a saber-toothed tiger on the spot with one touch. Through observing the world around them, our primeval ancestors made instinctive deductions. To survive, they had to be able to make comparisons between objects that they knew about based upon their observations and their experiences. This scenario presented a storyline in which a primitive human could have instinctively created the concepts and use of the seven basic physical quantities of physics. Length, time, mass, volume, luminosity, temperature, and electric current, along with the two derived physics quantities of velocity and density. Other scenarios will present in like manner 
ways in which the other laws of physics and the mathematics along with that could have come about through observing nature. Physics is the oldest of sciences. Even older than astronomy and mathematics, physics has been with us since the dawn of humankind. Before our primeval ancestors began to gaze up in wonderment at the stars in the night sky, they were busy looking around at their surroundings to survive. Before they began to squint up at the blazing sun in amazement, they sought to possess its life-giving warmth through fire. Physics is older than biology and chemistry. Before our primeval ancestors wanted to know what the plants, the animals, the air, the water were made out of, they wanted to know their own physical capabilities. Before they learned to count each other, they learned the laws of nature. But these are not the survival of the fittest jungle laws, no. These laws our primeval ancestors learned instinctively by observing the world around them. These laws would aid them in being successful on the hunt instead of becoming the hunted. These are the laws of physics. Yes, eventually they made their way into our textbooks and upon our blackboards, but they did not originate from either. These laws came from our primeval ancestors observing the world around them in order to survive. These are the laws that come from observing nature. These are the laws of natural physics. Just to be around me. What made the Hulk the Hulk? Gamma rays. Gamma rays are the most powerful form of energy known to exist in nature. More powerful than microwaves and x-rays, gamma rays come from cosmic rays. Cosmic rays were first discovered in the 1920s and no one knows where cosmic rays come from. Gamma rays are very highly energetic photons and are at the extreme end of the electromagnetic spectrum. The visible range in which we see is a small part of this spectrum. Just as a group of six runners will break apart when running from the beach into the ocean, a beam of light separates into the six primary colors of red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and violet because these colors travel at different velocities when going from one medium into another. Cosmic rays are high-energy protons, ions, and electrons that astrophysicists believe are produced when a star explodes into a supernova. As the shock wave from the explosion expands out into space, it encounters protons, ions, and electrons. Its magnetic field pushes them up to very high speeds, and they gain energy by repeatedly crossing the shock. The process, called diffusive shock acceleration, or DSA, is thought to be facilitated by scattering off magnetic turbulences downstream and irregularities upstream. Charged particles change trajectories when they encounter a magnetic field, making it impossible to directly determine where cosmic rays come from.
The source of gamma rays are traceable because photons have no charge and are unaffected by a magnetic field. Cosmic rays can reach energies up to 10 to the 21st electron volts and below 10 to the 15th electron volts are thought to be of galactic origin. The most promising sources of galactic cosmic rays are supernova remnants or SNRs. They are not only energetically favorable but also provide a mechanism to accelerate particles to very high energies. An important window of observations in the range from 100 mega to 300 giga electron volts has been opened with the launch of the Fermi Observatory. Much of the gamma ray emission can be explained by Bremsstrahlung emission and inverse Compton scattering. However, the model cannot fit a distinct feature at giga electron volt energies, which can be accounted for by adding a pion component to the model, providing evidence for cosmic ray production. Despite all the findings that link SNRs with high-energy electrons, direct evidence for the acceleration of ions by these objects is still lacking. In order to find a signature for proton acceleration, studying the photon spectrum of the sources at gamma-ray energies becomes fundamental. It is expected that a fraction of the high-energy emission would be caused by the decay of neutral pions produced through collisions of accelerated protons with cold ambient protons and ions. Has anybody here ever seen the movie Predator? Good movie from the 80s. The alien wore a helmet which allowed it to see in different wavelengths of light, optical, x-ray, infrared, ultraviolet. We may not have a helmet like the Predator, but we do have ground-based telescopes and space telescopes orbiting high above the Earth's obscuring atmosphere, which do allow us to look into outer space with different eyes that enable us to see in the different wavelengths of light. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, I was in the Boy Scouts. We went camping far away from the city lights, and I remember looking up at the Milky Way. It really did look like milk had been spilled across the night sky. I did not know it then, but I was looking along the galactic plane towards the center of our Milky Way galaxy. This is a view of the galactic plane of our Milky Way galaxy in the optical range of the electromagnetic spectrum. These are views of our galactic plane in the radio, microwave, infrared, ultraviolet, x-ray, and gamma-ray wavelengths of the electromagnetic spectrum. This is data from my research using the eyes of the Fermi Gamma-ray Space Telescope. Our galactic plane is divided into 86 regions to detect as yet undiscovered gamma-ray sources. Software programs are used to analyze and model the data.
Here are indicated two hotspots, locations of potential new gamma ray sources. A new image from NASA's Fermi Space Telescope shows gamma rays, the highest energy form of light, filling faraway bubbles of hot gas created by massive stars. The bubbles are located about 4,500 light years away in a star-forming region of the constellation Cygnus, the Swan, also dubbed Cygnus X. The outflow from Cygnus X's gigantic stars also creates intense magnetic fields within the bubbles. And it is these magnetic fields that help spawn the gamma rays by trapping and deflecting fast-moving particles called cosmic rays. Cosmic rays are tiny electrically charged particles that move at nearly the speed of light. They are primarily protons and most were probably accelerated to their incredible speeds by star explosions known as supernovas. When cosmic rays collide with interstellar gas or photons of starlight, they give off gamma rays. The nearest star to us is Alpha Centauri, which is four light years away. Four light years equals to 40 trillion kilometers. It takes a beam of light four years to travel from Alpha Centauri to us. We leave Alpha Centauri behind us and traverse through our galaxy. We are now in galactic space, the outer space between stellar systems. More and more it is discovered that other solar systems exist similar to ours and that in these solar systems are planets also similar to ours. Our Milky Way galaxy is 110,000 light years across, which equals to 1 million trillion kilometers. 1 million trillion equals to 1 with 18 zeros behind it. This is a huge number. It takes a beam of light 110,000 years to travel from one end of our galaxy to the other end. According to astrophysicists and their Big Bang Theory, the universe is expanding at 68 kilometers per second. Also according to this theory, the first stars formed about 400 million years after the universe began. And the age of the universe is approximated to be 13.7 billion years old. We began with the question, where is outer space? Just as an island is surrounded by the ocean, our planet Earth, our home, this island Earth, is surrounded by the vast sea of outer space. We end with another question. If the universe is expanding, just as a balloon expands into the air upon being blown up, and if everything that exists 
is contained in the universe, then what is the universe expanding into? Based on data from other galaxies, our galaxy is believed to be a spiral galaxy. At the center of our galaxy is theorized to be a black hole. These are the types of galaxies. Black holes are theorized to be at the center of these as well. It is theorized that we have observed only 5% of the known universe. Dark matter and dark energy are theorized to make up the remaining 95% of the universe. The term dark is used because we do not know what either are. What else is out there that as yet we do not know about? If the astrophysicists can prove that the accelerated protons are producing the gamma rays, then the mystery of cosmic rays will be solved. Ancient physics keys to modern astrophysics locks. Many of today's unsolved mysteries in astrophysics were previously encountered during ancient times. In some cases, solutions were even known then that could be of help now to today's astrophysicists. Astrophysicists have long suspected that a planet once orbited around the Sun, where the asteroid belt is, between the orbits of Mars and Jupiter. But when all the masses of the largest asteroids, such as Itakawa, Ida, Gaspra, and Eidos, along with the other asteroids, are added up, the sum is not enough to make up a planet, only perhaps a large moon. If the asteroids are the result of the planet breaking up and the pieces continuing to orbit around the sun, making up the asteroid belt, then where is the missing mass? The answer was provided 6,000 years ago by the Sumerians who lived in the region of Mesopotamia and are considered by archaeologists to be the first civilization. They predated and influenced other ancient cultures such as the Egyptians and Babylonians. According to the Sumerians, a planet called Nibiru with an elliptical period of 3600 years orbits around the sun as part of our solar system, and a gigantic planet called Tiamat did once exist between the orbits of Mars and Jupiter.
On one trip back into the solar system, Nibiru's gravitational field pulled Pluto away from its original orbit as a moon around Saturn and then pushed Pluto into its present orbit around the Sun. Saturn was able to hold on to its other moons such as Titan and Mimos, Enceladus, Pan, and Rhea. Pluto has always been different from the other planets in the solar system. Its size is more suitable to being a moon rather than a planet. In fact, our own moon is larger than Pluto. As Pluto orbits the Sun, it has a reverse spin compared to the other planets, and its orbit lies 17 degrees outside the elliptical plane in which lie the orbits of the other planets. And yet, on another journey into our solar system, Tiamat's powerful gravitational field captures the largest moon of Nibiru. The other moons of Nibiru change trajectories from the close encounter and become comets, each with its own trajectory. These mysterious members of our solar system visit us at regular intervals. And finally, upon re-entering the solar system, Nibiru collides with Tiamat. Tiamat breaks into half, one half becomes the Earth, and from the collision, the moon previously captured from the burrow pulls the Earth into its current orbit around the Sun. The other half of Tiamat broke up and became the asteroid belt. Here, we have a 6,000-year-old solution to four of today's unsolved problems in astrophysics. The missing mass riddle of the asteroid belt, to why Pluto is now no longer considered a planet, to where comets come from, and even to the very origin of our own Earth and Moon. At the very least, these ancient solutions can serve as a starting point to help today's astrophysicists. And at the greatest, these ancient solutions can actually be 
the solutions that astrophysicists have been searching for. We will examine in detail these and other ancient solutions and determine their plausibility based upon our current understanding of physics. In our next episode of Natural Physics, you will meet live and in person the Fat Pack. Fat, physics with attitude. Tune in next week. Same fat time, same fat channel. Have you ever used the expression, aha, when you finally figure something out? The pyramid builders of the ancient civilization of Egypt, located on the continent of Africa, used algebraic equations written in hieroglyphics to construct their pyramids. In algebra, the goal is to solve for the unknown variable, x, the unknown. The ancient Egyptian word for their unknown variable in their algebraic equations was, get this, aha. Mm -hmm.